The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. This is a Brand new show we are bringing you guys this season for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is called the Arrowhead Report. It will be multiple times a week. Myself and Pete Sweeney, the leader and editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. Uh, Each and every day, the Chiefs take the practice field. We're going to jump on here, have a quick chat in the mornings to keep you guys up to date on all the headlines for the Kansas City Chiefs and, and all the news. And it is, in fact, game week. We've got real life football on Thursday night is the Kansas City Chiefs will take the field against the Detroit Lions. So let me welcome in Pete Sweeney. Swain, going to head to Arrowhead here in a little bit for another day of Chiefs practice as they continue their preparation for their week one matchup. Yeah, this is a, a new thing we're, we're doing this year. And I, I think, Steve, we found that a lot of people were really enjoying the training camp reports. So we're going to be doing a version for the regular season. And you nailed it. Not only is it game week, it's a short game week. So we're here on a Monday, Labor Day. Um, but three days from now, uh, it'll be a first regular season game. And it's just crazy how time flies, especially when the Chiefs are playing to like mid-February now. <laughs> you really don't get yeah. that much of an offseason. This game really fast. But uh, I know fans are very excited for it. Yeah, it is a holiday and we are grinding it out working for you guys <laughs> because it is game week and me and Pete are ready to go. We are we are ready to uh, be dedicated to the Kansas City Chiefs until February for you guys. So <laughs> I hope you appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of stuff to get caught up on from over the weekend and we'll get into injuries and kind of talk about what we expect to see on the practice field today. But Let's start things off with Chris Jones, who has still not reported to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, We don't know if that's going to happen this week. I would imagine even if he showed up in the next two days that it's still pretty unlikely that we see him take the field on Thursday night. Yeah, and we got new information on the whole situation over the weekend from Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. Uh, I know that a lot of people just want to throw it out because uh, nobody in Kansas City is just too big of a fan of, of Florio. Uh, but to me, it very clearly came from the Chris Jones camp of, of what the numbers were, what they were seeking. And I think you're starting to get a picture of what the stalemate actually is. I, I think the, the Chiefs you know, are looking at that last year. They don't want to lip, rip up the, the last year on, on the contract, so they want to keep it uh, at what it is this year. They want to add two years to the deal. And when you just look at the last two years specifically, that's, at, that's about 27.5 per. 
Whereas uh, it seems like the, the Jones side is looking at over the next three years, and that would be 24 per. So that's where you're seeing uh, a disagreement uh, in the numbers, uh, I tend to think. <laughs> but we are just reporters and writers and podcast producers, Steve, um, that if, uh, you know, 24, 27 million would, would be good with me, uh, especially um, if it was somewhere that I, I had said over the years that I really liked to work. Uh, but again, it's up to each and every player to make their decisions. And Chris Jones is still not happy uh, with the current offer. Qu- quite clearly, we did not see him on Sunday, which would have been your football Wednesday in a regular week. And it's, it's tough to to think that that Jones has any chance uh, of playing against the Detroit Lions. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it's happening. And I know everybody is kind of sick about this conversation because we're talking about a team that's defending Super Bowl champions, opening the NFL regular season. And we spent the entirety of the summer with this being the biggest talking point for this team. Um, But uh, I I mean, uh, we have to talk about it and until Chris Jones and and until there's some kind of resolution, um, it's going to be something that we keep mentioning. And, you know, at this point, uh, I think it's pretty clear that players and coaches are kind of tired of talking about it. And they're just like, we want to focus on the game that's ahead. We're focused on the Detroit Lions and we're tired about talking about Chris Jones and Andy Reid, who really doesn't give you much. Just I, I think if we can gauge anything from his recent comments, it just seems like he's annoyed with it all. And he's just like, no, I'm, I'm ready to go play football games. I'm not worried about this. That's Veach's department. Yeah, it really seems like uh, Andy has has no more statements about it until he eventually shows up. I mean, you got that treatment yesterday where a couple people asked about it, and and you could tell when there are conversations that that Andy Reid doesn't really want to get into. He gets more and more annoyed with each question on it. So we got to about question three, and and you can just tell uh, he just wants to talk about the players that are in the building. And I, I think you understand that a little bit more right now, three days before a game than maybe you did like during training camp and not wanting to talk about it, but yeah, you, you could understand why the players would just want to focus on, on Thursday night. I, I had a question with George Karloffis in the locker room and, and just asking him about the extra attention he might get. Cause one of the luxuries of playing next to Chris Jones is you see a lot of one-on-one matchups and Karloffis was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get extra attention, whatever they end up doing, uh, I'm going to have to deal with it. And it's, it's true. I mean, you know, we're asking these guys and even they would never admit it because players support each other, but you could just tell is a, it's a slight distraction at this stage. And I think everybody's looking for some kind of resolution so you can move on and focus on the game. Yeah. If there's a positive that I think Chiefs fans can take away from this whole situation, it's that, They got a lot of reps for the young guys and we're going to see what those guys are made of going against a very good Detroit lions team on Thursday night. And I know most people are probably like, it's the lions. Uh, Why would we be worried? But this is a very good Detroit lions team that has a very good offensive line. So it's going to be a tough task for the Kansas city chiefs defensive line, but we're going to see what some of these young pass rushers are made of for the Kansas city chiefs until they figure this thing out and they get their star defensive lineman uh, back in the building and figure out how long it's going to take him to be ready to go for the regular season. But we did get some positive news from Andy Reid this weekend in saying that Kadarius Tony and Legarius Sneed are practicing. They're back on the field and the chiefs think that they will be ready to go for Thursday night. And 
these are players we pretty much didn't see hardly any of during training camp. So this could be a big boost for the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I I was skeptical the, the entire training camp. Remember, we, we had talked uh, every day, Steve, on the, the training camp version of this report. And when you talk a, about a guy getting surgery a month ago on a partially torn meniscus, you, you would think there's no chance that they'd be able to play in the, in the first game. But Man, watching Kadarius Tony in, in the media look yesterday, he looks pretty good. And I think the key for Andy Reid is, is saying that he's playing fast, which means it hasn't been limited. We won't get an official injury report till, till later this afternoon, but especially if Kadarius Tony is a full participant, you got to feel pretty good about him playing. Andy Reid said that him and Legarius Need are good to go right now, but they're still taking it day by day. I have to believe that these guys will be on some sort of pitch count. I, I don't think the Chiefs are just saying they're good to go in the sense of they're going to be playing 100 percent of the snaps not that you know wide receivers or cornerbacks necessarily do uh in in this uh in on this team but i just think these two guys are going to make sure to ease in because these are important players i mean yeah you want them for thursday night but you need you need them to if you're you're going to be successful as a whole in 2023 and i tend to lean on the Kadarius tony side like I, i tend to lean like With his injury history and how hard it's been for him to stay on the field so far in his young NFL career, like I think it would make sense for the Chiefs to, you know, even long term. I know they spent the offseason billing him as their wide receiver one, and, you know, he's going to be the guy to take this huge next step. But I think it's probably smart with how deep that wide receiver room and how talented we've seen that wide receiver room could be that, you know, he's just kind of who he is last season when he came in, where, He wasn't playing a ton of snaps, but when the Chiefs put him on the field, they found ways to get him involved and they found ways to use him offensively because he is a dynamic weapon, but he's a guy who really struggles to stay on the football field. So I I would be fine with not only on Thursday, just kind of moving forward, seeing Kadarius Toney have kind of a, a small amount of snaps each game, but the Chiefs know how to deploy him and know how to use him when they do put him on the field. Yeah, to me, I I don't know if you think about it, I almost like, consider it a super McCole Hardman. And I I don't think that would be like a completely non-use to to the chief. I I feel like they um, would, would have some plays where they can, you know, get the ball in his hands early and just see what he can do. And yeah, I I don't think playing him too much, too much is, is is smart. And I, it's, it's similar to what they do with Jerick McKinnon. Uh, Jerick McKinnon is much older, but uh, he has shown uh, to be durable after the surgeries that that cost him a couple of years there. Um, but they're still careful because they know he's 31. And I, I think the same thing with Tony. you got to be really uh, smart here as far as easing uh, his reps. And, yeah, you kept seven wide receivers, so you don't necessarily need the 40 to 50 snaps, maybe maybe 10 to 20, and, and making sure you put him in a good position is the way to go, at least early on here as he's coming back from that injury. And as far as Sneed goes, that is what's really interesting to me with him because – and we talked about it throughout training camp. I mean, last season, he played as many defensive snaps as anybody on the defensive side of the ball, not named Chris Jones. Like he is a guy that when he is healthy, they expect him to be a leader on the defensive side of the ball and, and play a ton. I, I can't imagine he's he's there yet uh, after missing so much practice during training camp. But I think him more than Tony is the guy Chiefs fans should be paying attention to, especially with that lingering knee injury that seemed to just kind of hung around from last season and then plagued him all throughout training camp. He's a really important part of this defense, and we saw the way the Chiefs deployed things and kind of changed things up. I know Spags was using Chamari Connor a lot in the preseason, but 
Legarius Need is the mismatch guy. He's the guy that they can play inside and outside. He's the guy that they send on those blitzes. And without Chris Jones, they're going to need all of the help that they can get in the pass rush department. And Legarius Need is actually a really important part of that. Yeah, it's just a complete player for the Chiefs. And the thing that you don't like as you see him dealing with this knee stuff is that you know, last year they started to let him follow wide receivers around. And should should he have been perfectly healthy entering this game? I think you might have seen him follow St. Brown, uh, who's a, quite a player for for the Lions and probably even still underrated you know, at this stage. And just they're going to have to have more of a rotation. So it's it's – whether, whether or not Jared Goff begins to, to pick on that, you know, what he sees. I, again, I just don't think Ladarius is capable of playing 100% of the snaps, especially in this first game. Uh, so who are those other cornerbacks? Uh, you mentioned the, that the Chiefs were using Shamari Connor as a, a top-team nickel. Is that the case? Is it Ladarius Snead, Trent McDuffie, Shamari Connor, or is it Joshua Williams? I think he would be the next man up. Jalen Watson has kind of fallen to the wayside. But the important thing is we get to see Spagnuolo today, and so – Maybe you can clear some of this stuff up when it comes to a pitch count and potential cornerbacks that could rotate in as you go. Yeah, and you mentioned we'll hear from Spags. We'll hear from the coordinators later this afternoon. You can check that out later on on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on From the Podium. But what what are you looking for in today's practice, and what do you expect to hear or ask the Chiefs uh, coordinators when you talk to them later on this afternoon? Yeah, I mentioned the the pitch count and, and the stuff with the cornerbacks. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions regarding the interior of the defensive line. The, the Chiefs added Neil Farrell from the Raiders. And when a player is your best player and he's going to miss at the position and you trade for one, I, I always think that, that that's interesting. Uh, curious, Matt Nagy's comments on keeping seven wide receivers. I tend to think all seven wide receivers are going to be up because it's not like you have a surplus of tight ends and running backs. But to me, how you deploy them is always interesting. Uh, and then just seeing how Dave Tope feels about Richie James as a, a kick returner. We knew that he was the first choice for a punt returner, uh, but I am curious when it comes to um, his kick returning, uh, what what really stood out and, and made them comfortable to say goodbye to, to generic Prince and uh, send him uh, again to uh, what would be the, the practice squad. Uh, we know that the top gunners for the chiefs are, are Jalen Watson and, and Joshua Williams. Is that still the case? Just, uh, if Williams has been given the nod to be that third cornerback. So a lot to find out, I, I think, today uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. We'll continue to make sure they count the numbers when we get our brief media look. Don't expect Chris Jones to be there. But uh, if yesterday is repeated, then everybody else will be, be going. I mentioned Neil Farrell. Neil Farrell was out of practice yesterday, but it was an excused absence, and he's expected back today. And again, Chiefs take the practice field today and tomorrow. They'll be off Wednesday ahead of Thursday's NFL season opener. And again, uh, this is the Arrowhead Pride Report um, with me and Pete Sweeney. We will be doing these each and every day. The Chiefs take the practice field. So we'll be back tomorrow. And then we'll actually, uh, I think, try to do one uh, ahead of Thursday. But a normal week on not a short turnaround week. We will be doing these things live on Friday where we will take some of your guys' questions ahead of the Chiefs opponent on that Sunday. So short week. We're kind of figuring things out as we go here as we're getting ready for the NFL season and, and tweaking and adjusting things. But we will be doing these all throughout the entire regular season. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to get questions in before our live report on Friday, then you can always do that by leaving a five-star review and asking questions. Pete will answer them on the editor's show. 
which is coming up later this afternoon, or we will answer them on the Arrowhead Pride Report. But first one in the book, Sween, any last thoughts uh, ahead of today's practice as we get ready for the regular season to start? No, it should be a fun week. It's always fun when you're opening the season, but wow, to do it on a, a banner night. And, and I think the coolest part of that, even besides the banner, is just keep all eyes on Arrowhead Stadium and, and Kansas City. And I think it should be uh, a fun week. We'll see if the Chiefs can pull it off. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Arrowhead Report. And the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show will be out later this afternoon. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. We'll talk to you guys then.